what up my people how you doing how you doing my name is Kaspar Mapurisa and I'm so excited to be here and I hope you're as excited as I am as usual this is the Evangelical Student Network podcast and um, today we continue with our series of talks on the subject of the Holy Spirit and today we are going to explore and see the topic of the Holy Spirit and revelation how does the uh, the Holy Spirit reveal himself to us or how has the Holy Spirit revealed himself to us and um, most likely it's not what you think <laughs> but anyways without wasting much of your time please Grab your cup of coffee or tea or juice and sit back, relax, and listen to God's word that will edify you and change your life. <laughs> Let's get it. If, it if, if a drill uses air, what kind of drill is it? Uh, no. I mean, it does compact, but uh, the fact that it uses air there's a special word linked to that. Compressor. Uh, yeah, compressor does compress air. But hence, it's linked to pneumonia. <laughs> a, a, a pneumatic drill uses air. Okay? My, my point, I'm trying to get us to see that even in our English language, the, the Greek word pneuma, which means spirit or breath, uh, is is uh, it's here in in the language of English we see it come through, um, and what I'm saying is that when I appreciated that survey in a sense through history, recognizing that the Holy Spirit was there at creation, recognizing that the Holy Spirit was there with Jesus, one of the things that I feel. Certainly from my own experience, I became a Christian at university. And uh, with my own experience in becoming a Christian, is there was, there was almost the sense as us as young university students of thinking that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit was the wild one, if you're talking about God. If you wanted to see God's character it's almost like the holy spirit there's boring old god and there's this jesus guy but then and even if we look at the what's the picture on the on the front there yeah we've got some fire going you know pentecost tongues of fire and now we're talking yeah we've got something going but but, but I think it's so important for us to realize, you know, when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't say, yeah, I'm done with that old one. Now you are going to see what, what I am like, you know. He said, no, I'm going to show you what the Father is like. And I think it's very important for us to realize that uh, the Holy Spirit is not independent of God seeking his own glory, uh, doing his own thing. But we as Christians have understand, uh, come to understand that God who says, I am one, has revealed himself 
in a triune way, and that whatever the Holy Spirit is doing is not going to undermine anything that Jesus is doing, is not going to undermine anything that we see referring to the Father. It's not like these guys are on their own agenda. We, we have a unity within the Trinity. And so any ministry of the Spirit is going to complement, supplement, build up ministry that we have seen elsewhere in the way that God works. Which brings me to the topic of revelation. And so uh, our talk now, if I'm correct, is that what the heading says there, that we are talking talk to? We are looking at the Holy Spirit and revelation. Okay, so let's, I'm going to need a little bit of, of feedback from you. Um, how does the Holy Spirit reveal to us? What are ways in which people would understand generally the Holy Spirit revealing to us? How does the Holy Spirit reveal to us? So, interesting, I say that and then suddenly I hear a phone buzzing. He sends SMSs, okay? He sends texts, right? Yeah. No, how does the Holy Spirit reveal to us? What are, what are, what are things that uh, we, we have heard regarding that? Okay, the Holy Spirit's using tongues uh, to, to speak to people. And in a sense, I, I loved the, uh, the icebreaker game today because it was a little bit about revelation. Yeah, I don't know if you guys actually worked that out. Was that deliberate? Okay, but the icebreaker was a little bit about revelation. Okay, how, uh, so we're saying, well, tongues. Okay, how else does the Holy Spirit uh, reveal to us? And I'm not saying these are right or wrong. I'm not evaluating in any way. I'm saying what perceptions would people have in terms of the Holy Spirit revealing to us? Uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's an interesting concept. In the next talk, we will spend more time talking on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But yeah, very definitely an interesting concept. Other ways in which we, we would expect uh, the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us. Um, the Bible says in the Romans 5 that the love of God has been shared within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So I think also the Holy Spirit can deposit some things in our hearts. Okay, so the Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts? Yeah. What else? How else does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Okay, so we can hear that your young men will dream dreams and have visions. So yeah, the, the whole thing of, of visions and dreams, uh, we, would, we would rank highly. And, and there is an interesting thing. I don't know how much you guys are aware, and it looks a little weird with someone with this school, by even raising this. Uh, how much you are aware of the influence of African traditional religions on your worldview of things? 
You guys may not think there's been a big thing because you are modern and you are, you are here in the city. And you, but, but I can promise you that some of the things of dreaming dreams and visions and all that kind of stuff, there seem to be parallels between African traditional religion there and perceptions of what we are doing uh, in Christianity. Yeah, there's a sense in which there's, there are over, overlaps in the perception of, of what's going on there. So dreaming dreams and having visions, tongues, uh, depositing in our hearts. What else? Okay, truth about God, but how does he do that? What, what means, what medium will he use to do that? So when we were doing, when we were doing that charades, uh, I mean, technically speaking, when you're doing charades, charades, there's not even a word that is spoken. You have to do it all by actions. So how, how, does, how does God reveal to us by his Holy Spirit? Or how does the Holy Spirit reveal to us? Yeah. Okay, so when you were saying teaching his word, do you mean someone like Mfundisi standing here with the Bible in front of him? So it's the Mfundisi's words? Or do you mean the Bible? So, so my, my guess is some of us will say, well, both, isn't it? Uh, and... and Sometimes we, we may actually even, you know, the Mfundisi comes with, with a very big Bible. This one's not very big, but a very big Bible. In fact, the Mfundisi doesn't even come with a very big Bible. Somebody small has to bring the very big Bible to the Mfundisi. And, and then the Mfundisi stands there and the Bible gets opened, but the Mfundisi doesn't even use the Bible. Sometimes, uh, if you've noticed, sometimes the Mfundisi, so hopefully I don't fall into this, this category. <laughs> the Mfundisi just then stands there and just talks. And it's as though the Mfundisi is, is the ultimate uh, revealer. So he, you've given me some thoughts. It's taken us a while to even touch on the Bible. And I would like to, to just help us see uh, one of the things that, uh, and this ministry is called Evangelical Student Network. One of the key things of what evangelical Christianities would understand about God, revelation, and the Bible. So we're going to look at a few texts together. We're going to start off in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. My guess is some of you uh, can even quote it for me. Uh, it, it may come up there shortly. Can anybody quote Second Timothy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're going to see if we can expand a bit, yeah? Uh, or we're going to test how good your eyes are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so does, can anybody quote Second Timothy chapter 3 without looking at a Bible? <laughs> Let, let's, let's see how well 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 Anybody know it? 
as a, as a, yes, yeah, I should have cleaned these glasses before I came here. Uh, anybody know 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? All scripture is all scripture. So, so the older people, there was another one on this side who also raised their hands. Young people, this is a life verse that you need to know. It's very, very important. Because it helps us understand. It even helps us evaluate Bigim Fundisi who comes there and stands in front of you. If you don't have a right opinion about all scripture and how we got it, you are in danger of having your head twisted by Mfundisi if Mfundisi is not teaching you the right thing. It's really, really, really important for us to, to know this. So anyway, we've got the text there. Uh, some of you have got your Bibles open, whether it be electronic or paper. Um, that's fine. Uh, I, I do want to, to try and point some stuff out to us there. So uh, let me read for us 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to carry on, even though it then says number four, chapter four. I'm going to carry on. And you'll see these connections in a bit. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. Um, so, let me pray for us. Father God, as we spend time reflecting on, on you and your revealing and the role of the Holy Spirit in that, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to get a right understanding of how your Spirit works and that you would equip us to um, really wrestle with what it means to hear from your Spirit and how we may hear from your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, grant me clarity in what I'm saying. But more than that, I pray, Lord, that you would use your Spirit that inspired the Word to help it sink into our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, going back to Second to Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and the statement that all Scripture is God-breathed. What do you think might be another legitimate way to interpret what we've just got there, based on what I've said, 
with the start uh, uh, just in the last 10 minutes or so. What do you think God breathed is? If we are talking now in Greek, what do you think the word might be? Yeah, the, the, if it was Hebrew, it would be Ruach. If, it was, if it's Greek, it's, it's God-spirited. That's what it is. It, the word there is pneuma, or a version of it. This is God-spirited. So what he's saying here is every single, all scripture is God-breathed. We get it because God gave it to us. By his spirit. And then he says, why do we get it? Well, it tells us that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Holy Spirit, based on what we've seen there, has been working very, very hard to get these words into our hands so that we can be equipped in what God wants us to do so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God wants us to do. The tone seems to change when we get to chapter 4. Remember I said we mustn't just stop there. We need to pick up a little bit with what he does in chapter 4. The tone seems to change. He then goes and he says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. It kind of sounds like an ordination service. Where Timothy, there's this case of, of Timothy, by the power that is invested, kind of language, okay? And, and that's exactly what it is. I, I changed my tone of voice deliberately there with the idea that, that there's a very, very strong statement that Paul is making to Timothy. He's saying... Timothy, God gave us the Bible so that we can be thoroughly equipped. Statement one. Statement two. Therefore, I'm giving you a charge. Okay? What is that charge? We see it in verse two. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Listen to the tone of the words that he uses there. Correct, rebuke, encourage. Where have you heard those kind of words before? You don't have to go very far. In chapter 3, verse 16. This is what the Bible's been given for. The Bible has been given so that we can be rebuked, corrected, taught, trained in righteousness. Those kinds of things. And then he's going here and he's saying, preach the word. Correct. Rebuke. Exhort. I, I don't know if I've said the, the words exactly correctly. Uh, I did. Correct. Rebuke. Encourage. With great patience and careful instruction. So he's saying, guys, this book 
is a spiritual revelation of God. God's spirit is active in producing this book. So what do we do if we want to hear from God now? And this is where it can start to get controversial. What do we do if we want to hear from God? You'll hear people saying, no, no, no. Then I need to, I need to fast. I need to go up to a mountain and I need to see a vision. And I'm saying, "Eh, that's not what Paul said to Timothy. Paul said, the spirit has invested centuries. We're going to look at another text briefly now. Uh, I mean, in 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 a short while. The spirit has invested centuries of work in getting this into our hands. And now we want, we want God to speak to us Bluetooth. <laughs> we want direct download. And we're kind of saying, ah, no, 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 the book is boring. Ah, I don't read. <laughs> I, I, I want direct download. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it would seem that there are many preachers who repeatedly claim direct download. Now, I don't know if God's spoken to them or not. I was not there. I'm not in there. You know, I don't know if God's spoken to them. I can't evaluate that by myself. But how can I evaluate it? If a a preacher claims direct download, God said to me, how can I evaluate that? You guys tell me, what can I do? I, I've been told this is from God. Now, preacher so-and-so comes and says something. I need to say, oh, so you say God says this. Let me check. How does it match? And one of the things that I think is so important for us to realize when we talk about revelation from God is, is it seems that people like to say, yes, we've got the Bible, but we've also got tongues and visions and dreams and all prophecy and all this kind of stuff. And what tends to happen in practice is people seem to get more and more excited about this stuff here and less and less interested in this until eventually this just gets closed and put away and you have got someone with direct download. And we are no longer evaluating that in any way, shape, or form. And, and I really believe that what we need to do is we need to say, God has put a lot of effort into revealing himself to us through this. We need to learn to handle this well so that we can hear God well. We can actually hear his spirit speaking to us And the reason Paul says to Timothy, the reason Paul says to Timothy, you need to to know the origin of this book. It's God breathed. You need the purpose to know the purpose of this book. It is there to to, uh, 
to equip us to be the Christians we need to be. So I'm going to give you a very important charge, a solemn declaration. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to preach this book in all circumstances. This book, this book, this book. Why? And this is where we'll end with this little text here. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. I'm reading verse 3. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And it will direct them away from the truth and they will turn aside to myths. The statement I'm about to make based on this is not, is not absolute, but it is a warning. Just because a teaching is popular does not necessarily make it right. Okay? And, in fact, because it's popular, you actually should take extra time based on what's said here to evaluate are my ears being tickled by something nice you know i i think in terms of relationships you you know you you get the idea that if if a guy just goes up to a girl and whispers sweet nothings in her ear long enough I love you. <laughs> so beautiful. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> eventually, eventually, it, 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 it may win them over. Okay? Now, the challenge, the challenge is that girl needs to learn to discern. Yeah. What is this guy after? You know, does he care about me or just my body parts? Is that what he's after? Okay, so we need that wisdom there. All right. We need that wisdom spiritually. We need that wisdom spiritually. When we say, oh no, I'm hearing from God. Whether it be mfundisi, whether it be vision, whether it be tongues, what, 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 what. We need that wisdom to be able to say, the canon, that means the standard of God's revelation brought to us by His Spirit, is here. Uh, the next text I'm going to look at, it's not, it's not there. I, you, you guys don't need to look it up there. But we, we're going to look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, where, where Peter is talking about revelation and uh, God speaking to us as human beings. Um, I'm going to read the last part of 2 Peter chapter 1, but Peter before that has actually been saying about how God has revealed himself to us through his son in these last days. And we will look at a Hebrews text relating to that. But uh, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it 
as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what we have is a statement there saying that, and, and remember now, as Peter is writing this, he's, when he's talking about no prophecy, he's, he's really referring to the books of the Old Testament as they have been recorded. And he's saying there, so we didn't get this book because men invented it. We got this book because God worked through people. He inspired them to write down these words. And so it's, it's very important. He says, you must understand this. That no prophecy of scripture came about the, by the prophet's own interpretation. God used people to give us the Bible. Now remember I said it, it's so important for us to realize that, that the Holy Spirit isn't just this naughty child doing his own thing over there. That whatever the Holy Spirit is doing is Trinitarian in nature. Is, is affirming the Godhead in terms of, of, of our understanding. And so we, we're seeing that as, as the Holy Spirit reveals to us, He has done it for us through the Scriptures. I want to look at a, a, a third Scripture now, uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, <clears throat> I have to learn where Hebrews is in my Bible. I'm not doing very well at finding where Hebrews is in my Bible. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 1. Nah, what a beautiful one. Well done. This is the winner winner chicken dinner. Better than the red box from Chicken Inn. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Yeah. So, uh, I, I want us to, uh, to look at this. It's starting on verse 2 there. Can we scroll it down? Is it possible to scroll it down a bit so we can get verse 1? Or is it fighting with us? Ah, but by faith with thanksgiving, the Lord has given us something. Okay, so here we have Hebrews chapter 1. And I've done some pretty colors because I know girls like pretty colors. So I wanted to impress the girls. Uh, no, that's not necessary. What I've done is some pretty... I'm married. I'm not allowed to try and impress the girls. No. What I'm trying to do here with these pretty colors is to link similar themes. So you'll notice the blue in the past in these last days. Okay. The, the yellow highlight, God having spoken, he has spoken. The red, our forefathers, us. The green, the prophets, his son. Okay, so I'm going to take us through. This is a little bit of, of structural, grammatical kind of analysis, the way we would uh, wrestle with a, a text um, if, if we were studying it even in the original languages, whether it's Hebrew or Greek. And I've laid it out based on sentence grammatical issues. So, uh, 
I'm going to move across there so that I can point better. I'm sure my little voice will reach even the people in the back away from the mic. But anyway, uh, so if we look over here, we're starting. Now this is an English lesson. Okay. We have a subject of the sentence and we have a verb. Okay. And then we've got other things going on. And so, uh, the subject of the sentence is God, have, and the verb is the action, what he's done, having spoken. And we've got the same thing again, the subject and having spoken. These two are contrasted. Look, we've got a but. If we go back to English and we talk about conjunctions, how do you join sentences? You can join them by using things like and. Okay, that's... that's I went to school and I learnt. That tells you of a process, two connected ideas, okay? Now, I went to school but I didn't learn. There are two connected processes but the one is contrasting. It's, it's a thing. So, here we go. Let's have a look. Uh, if we're going to read it as it says it in your Bibles, we need to start there, not there. In the past, God having spoken to our forefathers through the prophets, at many times, and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. And then we will, we will look at that a, a little bit shortly. Um, what I'm wanting you to see is that the kind of speaking that was done here is being contrasted with the kind of speaking that's being done here. At this point, you may be saying, ah, but the word spirit isn't even there. It doesn't even count. You guys, we're here in a conference about the spirit, and you're just talking Bible, Bible, Bible. Anyway, um, please be, if you're thinking that, please be patient. Uh, we, we will get there. Uh, we're noticing here that God spoke at a time in history. Who was it that he spoke to? Okay, who's for, let, let's, let's now put this in context. This was not written to us initially in Africa. So this is Hebrews chapter 1. Who were, who's the our forefathers that were specifically being spoken to there? <laughs> Which forefathers is it? The Israelites, okay? So because it's a, it's a letter, it's a Christian letter to, to Jewish people in the, right there, just after Jesus, you know, in the years following Jesus dying, and it's talking uh, to them. And it's saying to them, in the past, God, uh, and, and I've played here a little bit because this is called a participle. If you're looking in your Bibles, the translation is slightly different to that. Uh, but God having spoken to our forefathers through the prophets. So, who did he speak to? Our forefathers. How did he speak to them? Through the prophets. When did he speak to them? Many times in various ways. Okay? That tells us we've got even Isaiah and Jeremiah and Amos and Micah and we've got that kind of thing coming here. Now when we look at the contrast, there's some interesting things. 
what's the interesting thing between even here in terms of the tense? What's interesting is we look here with the verbs and the tense that's being put across there. So, if we look, God having spoken, He has spoken. Yeah, there's a difference, isn't there? And actually, it's like there's... This is not, in, not entirely true, but there's a tendency towards saying there's a finality to this. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if you were to go to your, your parents and say, Ah, you know, I want some money to buy this, this new iPhone 14 that's just been released. Ah, daddy. And, uh, and you, you know, girls can rap. Can rap. You even had someone there. I trust girls. I trust girls. I trust girls. Yeah, girls can wrap guys around their fingers or their daddy around their finger, and they, they yeah, daddy, I need. And, and daddy says no, and they are oh, please. Daddy. I have spoken. Okay. Yeah, then, then you know it doesn't matter if you. Uh, it's finished. <laughs> we can stop playing the games. We just need to go and get on the flight. <laughs> so there's a sense. If we want to hear God, we don't need to go to the mountain. We need to look at how He has spoken. Okay. Look at this. When? Okay, now it's an interesting thing because uh, at Pentecost, when it talks about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, okay, and the prophecy of Joel being fulfilled, and we will talk a little bit about that in terms of power next, next session, but the point there is that in Acts chapter 2, and the prophecy of Joel being fulfilled, it actually speaks about that those were the last days when that was being done. Many of us, we look forward, and then we, we, one of the things that people do, the Mfundisi does, is he justifies his new vision by saying, yeah, I know the new days, are, the, the last days are starting. Whoa, 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 Shawadi. The last days were there a long time ago. 2,000 years ago, the last days started. We've been in the last days for a while. And we were told if we want to hear from God, this is where God has spoken. Okay? He's spoken to us by His Son. Whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's uh, glory and the exact representation of his being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Now, I'm trying to remember something here. I hope I haven't messed up. Uh, as we look at our nice blue color. Uh, and the expansion and contraction of things moving from computer to computer uh, has messed things up a little bit. But there are, 
let, let's count them and make sure I'm not telling you scratching ears here. Let's go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven statements about the characteristics of his son. And in a sense, why the revelation that God has given to, to us, but specifically as he's talking to the Hebrews here, why this revelation through the Son is much more fulfilling than the revelation that came here. And, and so we've got this great emphasis. Then, we go down here, if we can scroll up a bit please. And we will see that he says here, referring to the Son. Now, at the time of Hebrews, there was, this, there was this tradition that God mediated his revelation through angels. So, if there was an angel that had revealed something, then that was really, really good revelation. Um, and so, here he raises and he gives us a bunch of things. For to which of God's angels did God ever say? Now, I don't know if we're going to get seven quotes here, but let's go. First one, from an Old Testament, You are my son, today I have become your father. Second, again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Third, and again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let us, all God's angels, worship him. Then, uh, in speaking of the angels, he said, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, so where we were on six, in the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens of the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain they will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same and your years will never end. And then, just as he started, he finishes uh, with... This is, by the way, the most quoted part of the Old Testament referring to Jesus. Psalm 110. Uh, to which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? I think that seven pink... Bunches as well. Why am I saying seven? Let me come back down here. Why do you think I'm saying seven? What's the significance for a Hebrew mindset of the number seven? Complete. God made the world in seven days. Okay? And for, from, from then on, the Hebrew culture has had a whole lot of significance to the idea of seven. And, um, you know, in... In our society, sometimes we give numbers. Uh, we, we use numbers and things. You know, if I said, ah, that woman, she's a 10. What am I saying? <laughs> hey, what am I saying? If I, if I say that woman, if I say Melanie Jones, she's a 10. Some of you may know Melanie Jones, others of you don't. But they, those of you who know Melanie Jones know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> what am I saying if she's a 10? Okay, I'm saying she's perfect. I'm saying she's perfect, okay? 
It's, you've scored 100% in your exam. It's a, it's a perfect grade. Well, that's what we're saying here. In a sense, using numbers, he is referring here to the fact that the revelation of God given to us in Jesus Christ is a full and final revelation. It's what we need. It's where we need to look. Now again, you're sitting here and saying, okay, that looks really nice. It's been great to have a look at all these pictures and nice pretty colors. Thank you. I can paint my nails all those nice colors. Um, it's, it's, and in fact, I hope you look at that and go, wow, that really is fascinating. It's a, it's a, it's a well-constructed argument that the author to the Hebrews has put there. And remember, we've just heard that these people didn't speak of their own. They were carried along by God. Okay, so uh, it's a very well constructed uh, argument. Uh, you know, sometimes when you go to the National University of Science and Technology, you think, ah, English literature, let's throw it away. Well, actually, English literature is very helpful in realizing that the God who inspired the Bible using words uses certain aspects of English literature. Um, and, and comprehension skills and things. In terms of understanding the word, if we improve our comprehension skills, uh, we will understand God and his ways better. Um, I am wanting us to look briefly in John's gospel. When, John, when Jesus is about to leave the world, um, he, he starts to speak about, uh, when I go, another counselor will come to you. And he talks about it in John chapter 14, in John chapter 15, and John chapter 16. If you look at the headline of the talk that we're doing there, there's a couple of verses that are mentioned. Okay? We looked at, at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Am I right? That's one of the things that there. The next one that I had listed there was 2 Peter chapter 1. I didn't list Hebrews, but we've looked at it. Then I listed some from John. Can you tell me what's there, please? Because otherwise I will, I might run away. Okay, John 14, verse 15 to 17. Uh, the main one I'm looking for is John 16. But let's just have a quick look at John 14, verse 15 to 17. Uh Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I have commanded, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Now, first of all, I want us to see here that, remember I spoke about the, the Trinitarian way in which God is working even in issues relating to the Holy Spirit. Here you've got Jesus saying, I'm going to ask the Father... And the Father is going to send you another counselor, the Holy Spirit. So, um, where are we, John 14? Uh, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The, word cannot the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Um, I'm, go I'm going to flip now to, to, verse, to chapter 16, 
um, to a text there which is so important for us understanding the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I sometimes use the, the illustration that when we think about the Holy Spirit, all we think about is the froth and the bubble. Um, if you think about a Coke, you can shake the Coke and there's all kinds of froth and bubble. And that's nice. It helps the Coke. A flat Coke isn't really that nice. But what quenches your thirst is not the froth and the bubble, but the liquid. Okay? And I think sometimes when we, we think about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and all that's involved with regard to, the, regard to that, we'll look at this specifically when we get to the, the issue of power. But when we look to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we, we are often concerned about the froth and the bubble. But here we are being given the meat and the sadza. <laughs> the stuff that will actually sustain us and help us grow. You know, the, 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 the froth and the bubble will not keep you going. If you were to try and run a marathon, just taking Coke, shaking it, and <laughs> froth and the bubble, don't drink anything, then you run your fight, and then you take your next one, <laughs> you take your froth and bubble and try and finish your marathon without having any sadza and, and nyama before, uh, and you are just going. Ay, 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 we will come and find you along the way. Um, anyway. So here we are. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 5. Now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It's good for you. It, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes... He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, I wasn't here last night, and I spoke for about three sentences with Tawanda about uh, work of the Holy Spirit and what he spoke about last night. What was it that he spoke about? So from, from which text did he, he talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit last night? John, John chapter 3. And the whole idea of the Spirit giving us birth. Okay? Uh, and what we are seeing... And what is our spiritual condition before we were given birth? We were dead, spiritually dead. Amasinas. That's what we were, okay? We were bad, okay? And so first role of the Holy Spirit, he tells us here, first meat and sadza role of the Holy Spirit is that he is going to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. What is a sign of the revelation of the Holy Spirit as the preacher preaches? A sign is the sinners going, ah, I need Jesus. That's, that's a sign based on this. That is the Holy Spirit at work 
changing people's lives. That's God at work. We chase after froth and bubble, but we need meat and sansa. That we need. We need God to change our hearts. Okay, second thing that we see that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, I haven't finished reading the whole thing on, on judgment. In regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to fa- righteousness because I'm going to the Father, uh, where you can see me no longer, in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now I am in trouble because I've lost the verse that I'm thinking of. That, that's the first part, the fact that the Holy Spirit, ah, I found it, God has helped me. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. He reveals to us that we are sinners and we need a Savior. That may be me talking as the preacher and preaching the word, but the one who is doing the work inside us is the Holy Spirit. And saying, yeah, that's you. He's talking about you. That's the Holy Spirit grabbing us and saying, I need a savior. I am a sinner. Now, the the second thing uh, uh, in terms of the meat and sadza, I'm going back to chapter 14, um, verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. What I'm wanting us to see here is that the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. So we can even give ourselves some tests here. We can say, am I hearing from the Holy Spirit? Test one. Have I come to understand something more, something deeper of the sinfulness of humanity and the need for salvation and rebirth? If, if I can say yes to that, then I can tick. I say, yeah, the Holy Spirit's working here. If I can see that this is pointing me to Jesus, so I understand him and his ways better, that I understand he is the revelation of God that we saw in Hebrews, and that's why I went to Hebrews and that texture, because the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. It's his role. As he lives inside of us, his, one of his revelatory roles, when we are talking sadza and meat, so that we can grow, is that he reveals Jesus to us. So one of the things I would say to you is, if you are experiencing the froth in the bubble, and when I... When I was your age, had recently become uh, a Christian. Uh, There was uh, a thing called the Toronto Blessing, 
uh, and uh, there was a talk about here's a new move of the spirit. And all of us were running after the new move of the spirit, froth and bubble. We want it we, because we want God. We, we, we want this. And it was all about right now. What we're going to do is we're going to gather. We're going to pray. We're going to get slain in the spirit. When you wake up, you will have gold in your teeth. That's exciting. And I went to one of these meetings, and man, the, hey, us young people, we were excited then. And the young people were pouring in, were pouring in. And the girl that took me <laughs> was not my wife. <laughs> the girl that took me to, to this meeting went home to her lesbian lover. Having said, yay, God's blessed me, hallelujah. Because she fell down, had a nice froth and bubble experience, and then went home to her lesbian lover. And it made me think, hey, boy. Did, did I see Jesus any better because of this excitement? Did did my friend see her actions any more clearly as sin? Did she care any more deeply about Jesus as a result of what she did? And I had to answer no. And based on that meeting that I went to, using what I'm finding here, I would have to evaluate that and say, this, that was an instance where people were running after with itching ears, surrounding themselves with things that they wanted to hear. And they were not closer to God. The genuine revelation of the Holy Spirit leads us to God to His holiness, to His ways. And we are changed with that. Now, I can't necessarily evaluate experiences that you've had. And my guess is if we went around, you would say, no, I went to prophet so-and-so's church or apostle so-and-so. In fact, even let me just use that as a little bit of an evaluation. If, if I come here and I say, right, welcome to the Craig Jones, a doctor, apostle, Craig Jones, anointed international ministries. <laughs> Immediately, you need to start, take the itchingness away from your ears and say, hang on. Was Jesus even mentioned there? You know, is this about him, Fundisi, man of God? Or is this about Jesus? Because if it's about him, Fundisi, man of God, maybe we have to at least ask ourselves the question. Maybe this person is not helping me here 
from the Spirit. Because the Spirit is going to convict of sin and lead to Jesus. The Spirit is going to affirm what He has taken centuries to do. If He has put hours and hours and hours of 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, a whole process of deciding which books go in here and which ones don't. People's different lives, 1,500 years worth of work. And we turn around and say, ah, it's just the Bible, let's, let's, Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, we, we live in a world where there's Bluetooth, I don't need this one anymore. I can just get it straight from God. The Holy Spirit gave us this one. Why would he abandon what he has done so that we can just get direct download? So in one sense, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I've pointed us towards what we see as meat and sadza in terms of Ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that I have warned us in terms of uh, froth and bubble and what we, we might scratch our ears with and chase after. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this time and I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that... Uh, you use your spirit to change us. You use your spirit to point us to Jesus. You use your spirit to show us who you are. We thank you that in doing all of that, you have also used your spirit to give us the scriptures. And I pray, Lord, that you, you would challenge each one of us to know that you do speak to us today. But I pray, Lord, that we would be cautious to, to not rush after things that, that tickle our ears, that are very exciting. But they don't necessarily point us to what we need most. We need Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand him as your spirit works in us and reveals him to us. And so have your way with us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. There we have it, folks. As usual, some things to think about, some thoughts to ponder, um, especially on our understanding of the Holy Spirit. And if you do have any questions or any comments, please do um, drop us an email on info at esnstudents.org or you can uh, drop us the question on Facebook, uh, Evangelical Student Network or you can check us out on Instagram which uh, our handle is ESN underscore Nast. So ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kaspar Mapurisa and this has been the Evangelical Student Network Podcast. Catch you on the next one. Grace and peace.